Well, good morning. My name is Alex, and uh, I want to wish you a very happy resurrection morning this morning here. This is my favorite service of the year. I love it. It beats Christmas. You get gifts at Christmas, but you get chocolate at Easter, so uh, I'm super happy about that. My mother sent a bunch of British chocolate, and so uh, watch my weight fluctuate over the next few weeks as uh, I consume all that chocolate. It's supposed to be for my son, but I think I may take some. But it's a great morning uh, to be uh, here at church, and this morning we're starting a brand new teaching series and this is gonna this is a teaching series is gonna go all the way out uh, to Memorial Day and so Memorial Day means pulls open means summer is almost here so uh, summer is not too far away uh, but we're starting this brand new series today called Rolling Stones um, and as I was starting uh, to prepare this uh, sermon uh, I, I, I suddenly on Monday uh, knew what I wanted to talk about, and as I started to prepare it, suddenly I watched the news. And if any of you watched the news on Monday or you saw anything on social media at all, you suddenly started to see images and pictures. And we've got a few of those images and pictures uh, that we'll put on the screen for you in a moment. Uh, if you want to, you can, you can see them on there. It's the picture uh, of the Cathedral of Notre Dame de Paris in the middle of Paris. And as the newspaper, uh, as, the, uh, as the, the, the cameras started to roll, it started to show people in shock and despair as flames came through the roof of this ancient historic cathedral. Over 800 years, this cathedral has stood. And, 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 and it was so sad. And uh, I got a text message from my wife. Uh, she says, Notre Dame is on fire. I was like, well, is it the college? Is it the, you know, where, which one, you know? But as I started to, to, to watch these newsreels come through, it saddened my heart. And it didn't sound my heart so much that a cathedral burnt down, even though that is sad because it's a historic place. But it sat in my heart to see the grief on people's faces. As you started to see the people of, of Paris, they started to come out of their houses and they stood at a distance. They started to watch. And, and some of them had tears in their eyes. Some of them, you could just see the grief upon them. Some of them, then their mouths were almost dropped to the floor in shock and in horror. For what they had seen as sacred was being destroyed by fire. What, what they had identified themselves as. Obviously the French people are very proud of some of their, uh, their buildings and their, and their monuments. Uh, and, and Notre Dame is, is, is the most proud of all. And suddenly what they had put their identity in was suddenly up in flames and being destroyed. Many people were more shocked about the artwork, the beautiful artwork that was inside this cathedral that was being destroyed and their, their, their hearts were breaking at all that beautiful artwork. And then there were others who were just in shock because what had stood the test of time no longer, no longer stood. Their pride and their joy was destroyed. And as I watched the scenes on TV, it just reminded me of the night that Jesus died on a cross. Let's see what the book of Luke tells us. The book of Luke in uh, chapter 23, verses 44 to 49 says this, By this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the land until three o'clock. 
the light from the sun was gone and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last breath. When the Roman officer uh, uh, overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshipped God and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. And as the people of, uh, of Paris just watched as their iconic cathedral was up in flames, you can imagine in the same way the friends and the family of Jesus standing at a distance just with tears in their eyes, grief and sorrow uh, just overwhelming them as they saw Jesus breathe his last breath. See, the Roman death sentence was to die on a cross. And tradition had it that the bodies would stay on the cross and be left on the cross to decompose. And so people would just walk by and see the dead bodies. And very often they got eaten by wild animals and birds. But this was Jerusalem and things in Jerusalem were different to what they were in Rome. And in this part of the world, just as Jesus was put on a cross and nailed to a cross and breathed his last breath, it was the weekend of Passover. And in Jerusalem, Passover was a huge deal. It was a celebration of God's deliverance out of Egypt. Also, the Sabbath was only a few days away, and the Sabbath was a big deal in Jerusalem. And as Jesus' body was on the cross, a man called Joseph who was a religious leader of the day. Now, most of the religious leaders, they did not believe in Jesus. They they thought he was a deceiver. They thought he had come to stir trouble, and they didn't like Jesus. And most of them had been behind putting Jesus to death. But Joseph, this man, had a different view of Jesus. And so he decided, I want to do something with Jesus' body. It would not be right to leave Jesus' body on a cross during Passover and the Sabbath. It would be not right to see Jesus' body eaten by wild animals and birds. So Joseph, who was a religious leader, who actually secretly believed in Jesus, he went to the Romans and he says, can I take the body down? I have a tomb that is set apart for my family and I want to put it in the tomb. I want to give Jesus the burial that he deserves. And so the Romans allowed him. So Joseph took the body and then put it in this tomb so that he could have a proper burial. Now, grieving, when you grieve, burials are part of the grieving process. And the problem is with a lot of people in this day and age, they lose things in life, but they don't grieve properly because many people do not grieve because they do not have the opportunity to have a burial. And Jesus' friends and family, they were beside themselves because they couldn't properly bury Jesus. So when Joseph came up and says, hey, how about I take him and put him in my tomb? It helped with the sense of grief. Well, let's continue seeing what happened in Luke chapter 23, verse 50. It says, Now there was a good and righteous righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish high council, but he had not agreed with the decisions and the actions of the other religious leaders. He was from the town of Arimathea in Judah. 
and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of the rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation as the Sabbath was about to begin. Remember, you couldn't do anything on the Sabbath. You couldn't work, you couldn't travel, you, you couldn't do any kind of, of work at all. Everything had to be prepared on Friday. So on, on the Sabbath, which was Saturday in Jerusalem, you could just rest. And then it says this in verse 55, As the body was taken away, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun. So they rested as required by the law. Now in Jerusalem, uh, this is Israel, it's hot in Israel. And, and bodies decompose rapidly in the heat. Uh, therefore, uh, mourners were often allowed to wash and anoint and, and wrap bodies in cloths, even on the Sabbath, so that they wouldn't decompose so quick. However, if someone wanted a more elaborate burial, it had to wait for the Sabbath to be over. And obviously these women who followed Jesus, they wanted to make sure that Jesus had a proper burial, that he was properly washed, he was properly anointed, he was embalmed, he was wrapped in cloths. So they waited until the Sabbath was over. And the reason these women were so eager to give Jesus a proper burial is because they wanted to honor Jesus. But also, I think a little in them, they wanted to hold on to what they lost. They wanted to touch Jesus one last time. They wanted to, to see his face one last time. They wanted to be in his presence one last time. See, when something dies, it is a shock to our system. We don't want to lose it. And many of you, you've experienced death in your life of many different ways. And, and it's a shock to the system when something dies. You don't want to lose it. However, holding on to what is dead will cause you to stop seeing the new life that is all around. And so often in our lives, we hold on to, to what is dead and what, what is no longer living, and we, we lose track of what new life is all around. And so many people are holding on to something that is long and dead, and they fear, fail to see the new life that God is breathing all around. So then we get to Sunday morning. And as soon as the daybreak comes on Sunday morning, the, path, the Sabbath is over. Everyone could go back to work. As soon as the day breaks, the women get out of their house and they run to the tomb. This is what it says in Luke 24, verses 1 to 4. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them. So these women, they, they got up out of the house and they ran to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. But it's in the shock and the grief of the moment that it caused these women and the disciples to forget what Jesus had told them. For Jesus earlier had told them, he had said, look, the son of man will die. And he will be raised again in three days. They had forgotten what Jesus had said. See, the grief and the sorrow of the moment had, had, had caused them to forget what Jesus had said. And when they get there to the tomb, they find the stone has been rolled away. 
and they went inside. It was empty, and they're confused. What's happened? Where is Jesus? Has the Romans taken him? Did thieves come in and steal his body? Did the religious leaders come and take his body? They are confused. They don't know what is going on. See, very often our feelings and our emotions cause us to forget the words and the promises and the life of Jesus. Remember, Jesus says, I will rise again in three days, but they had totally forgotten about it. And that's what our feelings and our emotions can do to us. It's what grief and sorrow can do. We can forget about Jesus. In our grief, our memory will be clouded. And the reason I say that is because not everybody had forgotten what Jesus had said. It's only the people who were grieving Jesus' death that had forgotten what Jesus had said. See, there was a group of people who weren't grieving Jesus' death. They were actually celebrating Jesus' death. They thought they had won. They thought they had got rid of the deceiver. They got rid of the troublemaker that they thought who was Jesus. It's called the religious leaders of the day in Matthew 27. Verse 62, it says this, The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and the Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remembered what the deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. See that? The people who didn't believe in Jesus remembered what Jesus said, and the people who believed in Jesus had forgotten what Jesus had said. It says, so we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, it will be worse off than at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. So they acted, so they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. So this is where we get the stone of the tomb. They had come and they had sealed the tomb. And the way they sealed tombs with, 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 with big rocks. And there was some soldiers there to guard it. But where are the soldiers on Sunday morning? Where is the rock that is sealing the tomb on Sunday morning? See, we often have a bad habit of blocking out what we don't want to happen. And I can see Jesus' disciples and the women, when they heard Jesus saying that I must die and be raised to life again in three days, they're like, no, we don't want that to happen. We want positive thoughts. See, we live in a world where we want positive thoughts all the time. Everything's positive, positive, positive. We don't want negative. So we block out the negative. And they thought it was negative, but it wasn't. It was actually positive. And so they had forgotten what Jesus had said. They had blocked it out. And how often when we block out the words of Jesus, when the bad comes in our life, it shakes us to the core. It wasn't just the women. Where are the disciples? At least the women went to the tomb. The guys, I don't know what happened to the guys. I'm sorry that it was the guys. But let's continue to see what happened. So they get to the tomb. They're in there, they're scratching their heads. They're like, they're confused. Where is the body of Jesus? And then suddenly two men appear clothed in dazzling robes. If you saw two men in dazzling robes, I guarantee you'd walk on the other side of the street, right? It says this in verse 5. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, 
Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what we told you back in Gal- what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Here the angels are reminded. Remember what Jesus said. The leading priest, remember, can you remember? The Son of Man will die and will rise again in three days. Then it says this in verse 9. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11, the, the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several of the women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping in, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home wondering what had happened. So as these women are scratching their head, confused, two men suddenly appear and they pinpoint the issue immediately. See, the issue here isn't where Jesus is. That's not the issue. The issue here is they're looking for Jesus in the wrong place. It's not that Jesus has just disappeared. They're looking for his body. Where is it? But they're looking in the wrong place. And these angels ask a question that so many people, I think, in this world should be asking themselves. And this is the question. Why are you looking for, why are you looking among the dead for life? Why are you looking among the dead for life? See, it was in the dead that they last saw Jesus. Our natural instinct is to retrace our steps. What happened? When did we last see him? When did we last speak to him? When, 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 where, where was the last place they took him? So we retrace our steps. But they were looking in the wrong place. See, I think my wife is like God at times. And this is why. Because I'll come in the house and I'll leave something down on the side, you know, Leave it on the table or on the counter. Or if it's my son, he'll just leave it on the floor. And then the next day, I'll come looking for it. And it's gone. And then I'm like, where did I leave that? You know, I look on the table, I look on the side, look in the bedroom, look, you know, in the living room, look on the floor. Where is it? Can't find it anywhere. And so I spend the next like hour all over the house looking for it. Instead, I should have just asked one person a question. Eventually, frustrated and confused, I say, Raquel, have you seen such and such? And this is her reply. Why don't you look where it belongs? So then I go to where it actually belongs, and there it is. Because she's come along, she's picked it up, and she's put it where it belongs. I was looking in the wrong place. I was looking at a place where he didn't belong, and these women were exactly the same. They were looking for Jesus where Jesus didn't belong. Yes, Jesus had died, but just because he had experienced death did not mean he belonged among the dead. For Jesus is the resurrection and the life. 
They should have known. We're not going to search for Jesus amongst the dead. We need to search for Jesus amongst the life. For he is the resurrection and the life. See, they tried to roll a stone over the body of Jesus, but the life of Jesus rolled it back. And the world will try to roll stones over your life and keep what is dead, dead. But this is what Jesus does. He rolls your stone back. Your dead faith, he rolls it back. Your dead dreams, he rolls it back. Your failed relationships, he rolls it back. Your shattered financial situation, he rolls it back. Your dead end career, he rolls it back. Your dead beat boyfriend, he kicks the touch, right? Your dark places of depression, he rolls it back. This world will try to deaden your personality so that you can balance out your emotions. Do you know what Jesus does? He goes, no, you're my beloved. I'll roll the stone back. This world will tell you it is impossible because it is dead. And Jesus says, no, it is, imp- it is possible because I am the resurrection and the life. See, I have great news to you for you today. There is no stone that is too big that can't be rolled back when Jesus is near. For he is the resurrection and the life. And just as the stone of death and the stone of the grave could not stop the resurrected life of Christ, so the stone of sin and the stone of fear and the stone of guilt and the stone of shame or the stone of depression cannot stop the life of Christ rolling it back in your life. So I ask you today, and I want you to seriously contemplate this question, why are you looking amongst the dead? Why are you looking amongst the dead? Why are you trying to figure life life out with dead tools? Why are you trying to find the way of life with dead books? Why are you trying to find love and acceptance amongst dead people? Why are you letting your emotions and feelings think the worst that this is the dead end? For I have news for you today. He isn't there. He is risen. And because he is risen, you also can rise out of your tomb as well. Why are you trying to figure out things of life when the answer to life is alive and he is risen? The solutions to life's greatest problems, including your life's greatest problems, are not found in man's dead ways, but instead in putting your faith and hope and trust in the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. I love what happened to Mary Magdalene on that day. In John records in John 20, verses 14 to 18, suddenly she's gone to the tomb, she's weeping. The, dead, the body of Jesus is gone. And she's like, what have they done with my Lord? And verse 14, it says, she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? You notice heaven asks these questions a lot. Who are you looking for? Why are you looking here? What are you searching for? What, what, what is your goal in life? What are you trying to do? And this is what she said. She thought it was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried, Rabboni, which means in Hebrew, teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus says. See, Jesus didn't like clingy people either, you know. But don't cling to me, Jesus says. 
For I haven't ascended to my father, but go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. Then it says this, and I love this. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Mary is no longer searching amongst the dead. She declares some of the best words I think a human has ever uttered in their lives. She cries out, I have seen the Lord. For that day the stone of the tomb had rolled away. But greater than a physical stone in Mary's life, the stone of blindness that had obstructed Mary's faith had rolled away. For she saw the Lord that day. And I think the best words that could ever come out of your mouth throughout the history of your life would be this. One day when you say, I have seen the Lord. And many of you, you've come into this place and you've said it in your life many times. I have seen the Lord. But maybe you're in this place today and you've never seen Jesus. You've never been able to utter the words like Mary. I have seen the Lord. And it's because you're looking amongst the dead. You're looking for answers to life amongst the dead. You're in the tomb and you're scratching your head and you're confused. And God is saying, why are you looking amongst the dead for life? And when you start to look at the resurrection and the life of Jesus, you will declare, I have seen the Lord. See, what she could not see in Jesus' death, she could now see in Jesus' resurrected life. So I ask you today, what stones this Easter Sunday, 2019, are keeping you in the tomb? What stones have been rolled over your life that are keeping you in the dark, that are keeping you in the dead? What dead place are you searching for in this life, trying to find answers and solutions to this life? See, the dead is no place for those who have life. See, stones over tombs are supposed to keep what is dead hidden. But when you come to Jesus, you no longer are dead. Instead, you have new life, resurrected life. See, when Jesus rolled the stone away from his, to- from his tomb, he was also rolling the stone away from your tomb. So I ask you today, what stone has Jesus rolled away in your life? See, once you were dead in your own sinful life, you belonged in the tomb. You belonged amongst the dead. But when Jesus in his power was raised to life again, it meant that you also received resurrected life and your stone was rolled away. So there's people in this place today, in this, in this room, and your stone is keeping you from Jesus. Maybe it's the stone of depression. Maybe it's the stone of doubt. Maybe it's the stone of fear or the stone of anxiety. Maybe it's the stone of just a lack of peace or a stone of no hope. Maybe it's the stone of lust or the stone of addiction. Well, whatever that stone is, it may be the stone of failed relationships that you can't trust people anymore. What stone is keeping you from Jesus? Whatever stone is in your life today. Jesus has rolled it away. 
now you can experience the resurrected life of Jesus. Let's bow our heads in prayer. So as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, the band are going to come up and we're going to do something just very special today before we finish our service out. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. But before I pray with you, I want you to start to think, what are the stones that Jesus has rolled away in my life? Or maybe you're at that place where you haven't received that life in Jesus. You've never been able to say like Mary, I have seen the Lord. So then I ask you another question. What stones need to be rolled away in your life? What stones are keeping you in that dark, dead tomb? What stones are causing you to stop seeing God in all His glory, Jesus in all His beauty? Because in a moment, this is what we're going to do. Every one of us, I'm going to ask that we're going to get out of our our seat. And there's some poster boards around the room. And we're going to go and we're going to write on those poster boards what stone Jesus has rolled away or what stone Jesus needs to roll away. So maybe you're in this place today and you are doubting and maybe you go up to these poster boards and you write doubt. Maybe you've dealed with, dealt with failed relationships, maybe failed marriages. And you go up there and you write failed relationships maybe some of you are dealing with incredible fear or others are dealing with anger maybe you're dealing with envy and jealousy or lust or maybe it's betrayal someone's betrayed you what stone needs to be rolled away in your life what stone has Jesus rolled away So I'm going to pray, and after I pray, I'm going to ask you, just one by one, to get out of your seat. And there's a poster board at the screen, under the screens at the front here, and there's some pens. Just go up and just write on that poster board. If you're at the back of the room, then there's some easels back in your back left, and then under the TV in your back right here. And there's some pens back there on the tables. Just go and write over there as a declaration. That as Jesus was raised from the dead, he didn't just rise in vain, but he did it so that I could have life and life to the full. And so, Father God, this morning, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. We thank you that there is no greater love that a man could give but to lay down his life for others. And we thank you, Lord, that you went through the pain and the agony of the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. But this morning, God, on this Easter morning, Easter 2019, we are declaring, Lord, that our lives are not in the tomb anymore. Just as you rose from the dead, and now you are living as the resurrected Lord of all, we too receive the life of Jesus. And that there is nothing in this world that can keep us in the dead. 
that the tombs of our life no longer are sealed by the stones. But instead, Jesus, we believe that in your resurrected life, you have rolled our stones away. And now that we can walk out of the dead into life and we can experience the resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ. We can, we can experience the forgiveness of sins, the hope, the joy, the peace and the love that there is in Jesus Christ. So this morning, Father, we thank you for the freedom and the life there is in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you get out your seats and come and ride on these boards? See, Jesus believes. He believed that he would rise from the dead. He believed that his death was not in vain. He believed his death wasn't the end. He believed that he would rise again and conquer death and hell and sin and the grave. But he also believes in you as well. And those things that you've written on the boards this morning, some of you, you've already experienced the rolled, the, the, the stone rolled away in your life and now you can see the new life there is in Christ. But there are others this morning, you've written on that board and you're still in that tomb and you're not sure how you're going to get out. But Jesus believes in you. And as you look to Him and you give praise to Him and you make Him Lord and you cry out to the resurrected Lord, that stone will start to turn. You'll start to see a glimmer of light where there was darkness. And suddenly you'll be able to walk out of that tomb into new life. Throughout this series, we're going to have an opportunity over the next seven weeks to add to these boards. And we're going to add as Jesus, as we start to learn about the stones that are being rolled away in our lives. And you're going to have a chance to add. And our hope is at the end of this series that we'll no longer be in our tombs anymore. But we'll look at that stone and it will be a reminder of what Jesus has done for us. But this morning, before we leave today, this is Easter morning. It's a morning of celebration. It's a morning of victory for us as believers of Jesus Christ. It's not a morning where we just come to church as normal, but it's a morning where it is the very essence of our faith that Jesus rose again. There is no religion in this world that can claim that somebody died and rose again for them. And so this morning, we're going to stand and we're going to celebrate and we're going to sing. And if you can't sing, just keep singing anyway. You know, I can't sing and the band probably hears me every Sunday morning. They hate it. But keep singing because this is a moment of celebration, a moment of, do you say it's true? (laughs) It's a moment of victory and celebration this morning. So let's stand to our feet and let's go out of this place singing and rejoicing that our Savior has risen again.